Good. We're going to continue on in a series we're doing called All Things New. And I, I hope you're, you're um, enjoying this series. I'm enjoying the things that we're talking about. And, and my hope is in this series to really draw you into the sort of the bigger picture of God's story. We're, we're trying to make sure that we're connecting from the beginning to the end, all the things that's going on in the process. I, I wanted to get you to, to think about some new things, but more than that, I, I want to I wanna encourage you to think about things differently in the process, to think maybe in a different way, um, to have the mind of Christ, as, as Paul calls it in uh, Philippians 2.5. We're, we're trying to learn to think God's thoughts after him. And so as, as part of what we're doing, you know, I'm, I'm, we're talking about scripture and, and uh, we're looking at things that maybe you haven't considered before. But, but my hope is that will draw you into the scripture itself, that you'll begin to really press in to your relationship with Jesus and that all of this will help us to grow and continue to press on and allow it to impact the life that we're living right now. Because here's where I sort of have got to. Um, the good news, which we talk about here all the time, is better than we've imagined. It's so much bigger than, than perhaps we've imagined. I, I said to the last couple of groups that somehow we seem to have gotten the emphasis on the wrong syllable. And by that I mean, good news, we, we, and don't get me wrong, this is good news, that we've been forgiven for our sins is good news. Um, and that, that we, we go to heaven, that's good news. But the bigger story and the bigger picture of the good news is uh, what we read about in Revelation 25, that a time is coming when, when everything is restored. God makes all things new. Heaven comes to earth. They, they dwell together. God dwells with his people. And so we're moving to that point in history that, that, that there's more to it, that heaven isn't the end point. And that's what we sort of believe. Heaven is a point. Don't get me wrong. But, but see, God loves the creation was good. The good creation. God's never abandoned the good creation. He's never given up on it. He's going to restore. He's, he's on a rescue mission to, to rescue all of creation, including us, and restore it into the way that it was supposed to be. That, that whole idea of, of restore in its context has the idea of, of back to the beginning, back to Genesis. That whole idea of, of us and God together and, and on the planet and doing things so that there's so much more to the story. And that, that needs to engage us, and I, I really believe it does engage us. That if we sort of get the emphasis on the wrong syllable, um, it loses some of its ultimate hope. It's good, but, but the, the bigger story is even better. What God wants to do, that, that there's so much more to this life. We, we don't, the end point isn't a cloud and a harp. It's back in restored earth and new physical bodies dwelling with God. That's what the scripture says. That's the end of the book. And, and we, we sometimes have gotten kind of off a little bit in the middle and not considered that much. I remember as a, as a new believer, and, and you know, when, when I first came to know Jesus, man, it just lit me up. Because um, I was a mess. And, and it changed everything, in, in effect. Things were so different in me. And, and I was experiencing this life, and I had a conversation. It was a good conversation with somebody that was significant in my life at the time and helping me on this journey. And we, we had a discussion about revelation with me. And, and um, this would have been back in the 80s. And, and the way he presented it pretty much was that, that Jesus was coming back at any moment and that we, we were going to all be whisked off to heaven. And it was good. Don't get me wrong. It was good news. But, but there was, I, I actually had this thought. I was like, 
you know, I've just kind of figured out this life right at the moment, and, and this is so cool. I hope I get to experience it for a little while before that happens. And then, and then of course, I lived this life for a few years, and with all the mess and the brokenness, I was quickly like, come Lord Jesus. And uh, you kind of get that. But then when I realized that it's a bigger story, it's a bigger picture of what God's doing, and that, that there's more to it. And that this story, God rescues all of creation and restores it, and we're a part of that. And that, that because of that, it impacts us in living right now. See, this isn't me just kind of waiting until he whisks me off to heaven. I'm involved in this whole big story of God right now. And the things that happen right now have an impact in all that takes place from here. Uh, and so, so that sort of energizes me and charges me that, that he includes us. He partners with us even now. He's restored our vocation as, as ambassadors in Christ. We're good news people and that good news should thrill us so that it has a chance to impact others and it begins to change the way that we live and and deep inside that resonates with you as a new creation see that's why things impact you like that's why a sunset can make you stop and catch your breath or a sunrise because you see creation and, and, and all of a sudden deep within you know that that's part of your experience and it will be Alice and I were talking this week. It's why bird song can take your breath away. We were talking about Alice and I were talking about bird singing and where we live. We love where we live now, but but back when we lived on Big Pine, there was more bird singing, and, and we we sort of long for that. But what you long for, what you hear, is this idea, and you connect with it. That this is part of of forever. That that we get to experience those things in in a way, in a deeper and richer and fuller way. You you don't become less human. You become more human. That's the whole thing. That's what we see with Jesus when he resurrected that new body. It was more human. It was more amazing it was it was just incredible the new physical bodies that we we end up with are are beyond what we can even can, you know have begun to even think about and yet we need to use our holy imaginations i've talked about that for years to begin to consider these things so that what's coming impacts us in the moment and and that we're good news people that's what we've got we've got the best news ever and, and it changes life the good news is that jesus entered the scene and changed everything forever and he's included us in that whole dynamic see that's what's taking place and that's why it's so important that we consider these things together and so uh, I want to keep pressing in to these ideas and and the things that are happening now that all all to say this see that God has called us to full and abundant life now and and that's the heart of Jesus And, and that's my heart for all of us that we would experience full and abundant now and forever lives that changes everything but the enemy has a completely different strategy and and if you get a chance look again at John 10 10 we've been looking at that passage for years and years it says the thief comes only to steal kill and destroy but Jesus said I have come that they may have life and have it to the full so so the enemy is trying to steal life away remember the the enemy's purpose is to keep people blinded from the truth right off the bat but once you come to know Jesus he he doesn't just give up on you he continues to come after you because he doesn't want you to experience this life in its fullness and so we need to talk about that in the process and I uh, last week as we were ending the message I talked about and we'll look at this verse again 2 Corinthians 5:21 where where God made him who had no sin to become sin for us and and Jesus who had never sinned in effect became sin and, and then was placed on the tree. God, God takes sin in Christ and puts it on the tree. And I said it's a picture of the reverse of the fall when Eve reached up and plucks the fruit from the tree, takes sin off the tree. 
and it breaks everything. But, but God in Christ has put sin back on the tree at the cross. And in that, we've been restored to our relationship with God in the way that it was supposed to be. That's already happened. That's the idea of new creation. And that's significant. And so what we need to do is we need to learn to see ourselves the way that God sees us. So that's a very long intro. But I wanted to catch you up with some things that are going on. And now, hopefully, I have your attention. I'm going to tell you a bad joke or two. On these bomb, but I love this one. I don't know why it's bombing so bad. I think a lot of the conflict that happened in the Wild West could have been avoided had the architects in those days just made their towns big enough for everyone. This town's not big enough for the two of us. <sighs> Sorry, that's a classic joke. Knock, knock. Control freak. Okay, now you say control freak who? <laughs> so my wife told me I had to do this one, so this is for her. What do you call a magic dog? Labracadabra do. Duo. <laughs> Sorry, apologies to the visitors. Scripture reading, here we come. This contains that last verse from last week. I want to look at it again. Second uh, Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We're therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin. To be sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Blessed be the word of the Lord. We, we talked about the first part of that scripture last week, that verse 21. I want to talk about the second part of it. Point number one, becoming the righteousness of God. What does that mean? To become the righteousness of God. You remember last week we looked at this, Romans 6.10. I asked you to consider this verse all week. The death, Jesus died. He died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That because of what Jesus has done and how he's taken us with us somehow through the cross and resurrection, that we're to live like that, dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And, and that we need to think about that. And I hope you did think about that this week. But I would say what, then we think about that if we're, if we're being honest with ourselves, sometimes it feels more like the opposite is true. We're alive to sin, but, but God seems distant in some way, that he's harder to reach. Sin seems like very easy to get a hold of, but, but it's a little different in the process. And if you think about that verse and you think, well, that just means I have to buckle down some more. I've got to try harder to get this sort of thing figured out. Um, it doesn't work that way. Uh, and, and it just actually, it, you, you continue with the same sort of bad results that you've been experiencing in the process. But what's happened is this, that his death and resurrection have made a whole new thing possible. And, and what happens is this, that through all of that, the restoration of the image of God comes back to humanity. 
And that's what righteousness actually means in the scripture. The righteousness, it's a, it's a word that we don't use much. And so we, we might struggle with what it looks like, uh, sort of a Bible word. But Thayer's Greek lexicon defines it this way. I think it's perfect. Righteousness is the state of him who is, is as he ought to be. Uh, in other words, it means being right in being. Being who you're supposed to be. And see, that's what the idea of new creation is. Now we're back to being what we were supposed to be all along. The contrast, sometimes it's easier to understand a word by contrasting it against another word in Scripture. And here's the, the contrast is this. Romans 5.19 For just as through the disobedience of the one man many were made sinners, that's his contrast, so also through the obedience of one man the many will be made righteous. So there you see the contrast of what we're talking about in the whole process. And, and that verse really sums up what happened at the fall. Adam disobeyed and he broke the essence of who we're supposed to be and made us all sinners. And Jesus came to fix that. And through the cross and the resurrection, he makes a way for us to be restored to righteousness. It means that we become again the image bearers of God. And that's huge. That's how you were created. In the image of God, you were created. Male and female, he created them. You were created as image bearers. If you go back into Genesis and read through the genealogies, something changes. People are created in the image of God until the fall. And then in Genesis 5, the next thing you read is that Seth was created in the image of Adam. We lost the image bearing. But then it comes back to us. After the cross, we become people that reflect God once again. That, that being an image bearer means that, you know, out of us, we pour out worship to God. But then somehow God in us and through us reflects his image into the world around us so that people can know that God is real and that God cares and that God loves them. And he uses us. He, he doesn't have to, but he chooses over and over again to partner with us in this whole thing. You need to see that in the process. And, and that's the idea of righteousness, being restored to the image and likeness of God. Paul says it exactly that way in Ephesians 4:24. We're to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. We're to put on this new self. That's what we're supposed to walk in. And and Jesus has made that a possibility because of what took place at the cross. Why does it seem so difficult to live that way? It's because the enemy is a thief. He's a thief. He steals, he kills, he destroys. He, as I said, he didn't want you to know Jesus and he did everything he could to keep you from that. Having come to that, he continues now to keep you from trying to experience the fullness of life that Jesus has for us. Why does he so hard after that? Because if you're living this life out as good news people and it's radiating out of you, it will impact people around you and they will come to know God. They will come into life with him. And so he tries to stop it every way that he can. We have an enemy. He's a very real enemy. And even if by faith we're getting an idea of who we are now and how God sees us as he sees us as righteous, the enemy is going to try and keep it from happening. And so he, he comes after us. Romans 6.12 for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Look what Paul says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That means even our own flesh. We're, we're, we, we sort of get the idea wrong. Our battle isn't on the natural plane, it's on the spiritual plane. But, but in, in, in the war against sin, if you would, that we think we're still in. We, we keep trying to do it in a physical way and, and we, we minimize it and we get our eyes off of the bigger picture that, that what's taking place is an attack by the evil one. And think about it. You, you, 
you know it's true because the enemy, in all his bravado, tries it on Jesus at the temptation, right? He, he tries it on Jesus. He, he offers him shortcuts. He, he offers him a, a different way. He's, and he tries, you know, well, Jesus, you're hungry. You should turn these stones into bread. He tries to get him to do things that um, aren't the way God would have them do him. He says, look, here's a shortcut. I'll give you everything. It's all mine now because of the fall. You don't have to go to the cross. I'll just give it to you. Just worship me. Skip all of that. Here's an here's a easier, softer way to make it happen. But it's not God's way. So that's the difference. God has a way. So sometimes it's hard. Sometimes anybody here get impatient? Sometimes we don't want to wait. What does the enemy do with that? Oh, here's a quick, here's a shortcut. Here's something easier. Oh, who's going to ever see? Who's going to notice? And we, we, we give in to those things. Oh, you're in some pain. Here, let me offer you a solution. I'll take some pain relief. Here's, here's this. And so... We, we, and, and then we go, oh, well, that can't be right. And we battle against it a little, but we're, we're not very good at it. And we, we give in far too often. But what if we understand that's an attack? That's the enemy. I don't want to yield any more ground to him. He's stolen enough from me and from my families and from my friends and from my church and from the people. He's taken way too much. I'm not going to give him any more. And so I'm going to stand right here. And I know I can't do it in my own strength, but God, you give me all the strength that I need. And I'm going to stand in you and I'll wait if I have to wait and I'll deal with whatever it is if I have to deal with it until you come and you rescue me in the process, whatever that looks like. But I'm going to stand. Holy Spirit, come and help me to live for you and live with you and live after you and all that that looks like. See, that's what good news people do. That's the difference. That's how it changes things in our life. And, and we get so sort of stuck on, oh, I've got to battle this whole thing. That's, that's not what we're called to. We're called to embrace the bigger picture and then yield to the Holy Spirit and watch Him change us. And over the course of our lives, He does. That's the process. That's sanctification. That's what's taking place on the whole thing. Never forget we're in a battle. Never I don't want to give too much credit to the enemy, but don't overlook what he's doing in the whole process. You know, we, we, we get one of, the, one of the rules of engagement is never underestimate your enemy. And don't underestimate what he's doing in the process. So what it leads to is the renewing of your mind. This is what we have to talk about. And we've got to talk more about this next week. I'm going to tell you right off the bat. But I want to get it set up so that you can think about it. So, so fascinatingly, as I've said, when we're, when we're saved, when you come to know Jesus, when you're, when you're born again, when you're born from above, when you're spiritually born, I, I find a term that you're comfortable with. But when you came and gave your life to Jesus, something changed, significantly changed. Sometimes it's hard for us to believe, but it was miraculous. You are now a new creation. And you were given a new heart and a new spirit. But one thing that didn't sort of regenerate at that point in time is our minds. Fascinating. But, but we still are doing a lot of life with the mindset that comes from all of our past experiences and everything else. And so our, our mind needs to be renewed. It needs to be transformed. The Holy Spirit, He comes when we get saved. And that's one of the big things He's working on. He's leading, guiding us into all truth. He's helping us as we yield to Him in this whole journey. And, and things begin to change. And we begin to th- see things differently in the process. Romans 6 Romans 12, 2, pardon me. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Don't think the way that you used to think, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, because then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, 
pleasing and perfect will. See, our journey, it's, it's one of discovering what it means to be a new creation and then how to live in alignment with that truth of what that means. And, and, and so when our minds are being renewed, we get a more complete picture of this whole process that I've been talking about. And what that does is it begins to impact our desires and our desires become more godly and godly desires produce godly fruit. It's part of this journey and the whole process. Let me, let me close with this one big passage that I want you to think about this week. It's in Ephesians 4, 19 through 24. Because Paul, I think, talks about what this life looks like and what this journey for us is. Verse 19. Having lost all sensitivity, they, he's speaking of unbelievers, what we were before we knew Christ, have given themselves over to sensuality, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they're full of greed. That means with a continual lust for more. Not the, the context there is sinful actions. You, however, that, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ, and you were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is Jesus. You were taught with, your, with regard to your former way of life. To put off your old self. Now, that whole concept that's right there, it means, it means this, that, that Paul is saying not wearing the old self um, of sinful actions. You, you're to take that off. Don't put that over the top of this new person, this new creation that you are. And, and he usually, he written, actually uses that picture of taking off a coat. You're to take that off now in this whole process of what's going on, which is being corrupted, it says, by its deceitful desires. That old self, it's deceitful desires. It's bad thinking. It's a bad mindset. It's deceptive. And it needs to be changed in the process. We need to be made new, he goes on to say, in the renewing of our minds. These deceitful desires are dealt with by allowing and partnering with the Holy Spirit to change us in the whole process and to get us to think differently about things, to get us to know that we can trust Him and that He's good and that He's faithful and that it's a good story and, and all those things that are going on to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That, that this process of being transformed allows us then to really put on this new self and walk it out. And, and the new self then, that whole understanding begins to change our mindset, which begins to change our desires to make them godly, which then turns into the fruit that we're supposed to be living for Him in our lives. That's our journey. See, we're partnering with the Holy Spirit as He's changing us, renewing our minds to bring us and give us a mindset of truth so that we are, like I said in Philippians 2.5, we begin to see things like with the mind of Christ, thinking God's thoughts after Him. See, that's what's happening. And, and why it's so important that we continue to press into these things together is that, that when that springs up in us, it changes everything. When, when you get that you're a good news person, it, it changes you and it can't help but change people around you. There's so much more to the story. Don't get the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Because our end point often isn't, we've thought it's something different than it really is. I've got to let you bring in the scripture. Let it change you. Because isn't it cool to know that you're part of something so amazing? 
and that, that it's going to be restored and renewed and you're going to get to enjoy it in ways so that, that somehow you know that the things it feels like the enemy has won in, he hasn't won at all. God wins. God wins. It's a great story. And he calls you to be a part of it, to partner with him. Think about that passage this week. I've got more to talk about next week, but I've got to be done now, so I'm going to finish. Ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over the wall? People on the way over the wall here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. They'll pray for your healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we need to take care of that today as well too. It's, it's a matter of humility and faith. In humility, we just come to God and, and we admit that we're broken. We've sinned like everybody else here. And then in faith, we invite and we ask Jesus into our heart and life as Lord and Savior. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, I want to encourage you to do it today. Most amazing prayer you will ever pray. It changes everything. And if you need help, just go over there and ask somebody, hey, I want to know Jesus. But God, we thank you for who you are. That you've included us in your story. What a difference it makes. Thank you for good news. Life changing. Thank you for full and abundant now and forever life. And God, our prayer is that it changes us. It will change the world around us for you. Bring renewal, revile, and breakthrough to this area. Hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as our Lord and Savior. We pray for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. Ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You're an awesome, awesome God. If you need prayer for anything, the folks over there will pray for you. If you're going to stay and have breakfast, Lord, thank you for the food you provided. Bless that. Everybody that makes it possible, draw people in, God, to the next, to the 11 o'clock service so they can hear about your love for them as well. You are an awesome and amazing God. Praise God from whom all blessings. bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace and go today in the peace, the power and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. Prayer is there. Breakfast is in the back. As you go, drive safely. Be kind to one another in the parking lot. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching this broadcast from Keys Vineyard Community Church in Big Pine Key, Florida. Be sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.